Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 127 which is entitled The Post-Covid Reality, Keep Calm and Carry On. So thank you all very much for tuning in today for the latest episode of Discerning Consciousness podcast. What I want to share with you, my thoughts and musings today, is really around this idea of what I mean by the post-COVID reality in a British uh, sort of context. So I'm going to be um, flying my proverbial psychological um, weather vane and just trying to gauge um, the sense of the current public mood and how it might have changed. Um, because here in the UK now, I guess, it's the same in a lot of parts of the world. Um, a lot of the uh, COVID restrictions and um, controls on our freedom of movement, they've all been dropped now and it is pretty much um, supposedly back to normal. Um, so I just want to explain what might be going on below the surface, um, so to speak. And um, because a lot of people are saying they feel that when they're out and about in the public realm, uh, people are becoming more aggressive, more agitated, um, more angry, more aggressive, as if people generally are under more sort of pressure. And we know, of course, with the cost of living crisis, people are um, economically. And there is um, there's a, a sense in which uh, it's becoming more and more difficult um, within British society to keep up this sort of civilised facade of, of normalcy that we always try to do as Brits. Of course there are um, there are regional differences but this whole thing around the British t tradition of um, you know keeping up appearances, never show your true emotions and um, of course uh, in a British context again during uh, the, the Covid nonsense people showed their commitment to uh, the appearance of normalcy or keeping up appearances by following all the COVID uh, nonsense. So by wearing a mask, so doing all the um, testing and everything else that was required of them. Now, of course, that's gone. And um, I just want to make reference to um, this idea of keep calm and carry on, which is obviously uh, a meme that you may or may not be uh, familiar with. Um, it has quite an interesting... Um, that's quite an interesting history uh, in terms of how it came into being. So originally, uh, the message or the meme, if you like, keep keep calm and carry on. It was formulated by a um, government uh, propaganda unit, uh, which was called the Ministry of Information back in the summer of 1939, which obviously sounds like something right out of 1984 and one thinks that in the modern context here in the UK the UK government had um, the behavioural units team which obviously was kind of served the same thing in terms of uh, trying to manipulate public perception through propaganda anyway um, the reason why it is said that it was um, kind of first pushed as in an ideology uh, keep calm and carry on was there was a fear that um, during the summer of 1939, that just before the outbreak or just before war was first declared in September, that there would have been a mass panic and many Brits, many millions of Brits would have left urban and city areas like London. 
So it was an attempt to uh, calm the public mind or uh, keep the um, keep the public calm. The interesting thing also is that it never actually appeared. I think it's claimed that only a few of the posters ever actually appeared. Many of them were were printed off, but they were actually pulped and they were they were never never used. Um, and the story goes that around about the year 2000, the whole box load of these were found. And then from then, in the last 20 years, we've seen the meme keep calm and carry on uh, plastered on everything from underpants to, to uh, tea cozies um, to, mu mu uh, to mugs and cups. And it's come to sort of represent everything uh, about the sort of cliched British psyche, the stiff upper lip. The fact that we're said to be um, emotionally uh, repressed and that in spite of the fact that things can be pretty shit in Britain, like here at the moment, because the weather's pretty foul in the winter months, uh, we just, um, you know, resolve to, to carry on regardless. And how this links in with the conversation today is that this idea of British resolve and... Um, the uh, British stiff upper lip is now really being is really being put under pressure like never before in this post COVID um, post COVID era, and, it, and it's interesting to see. And I think that explains why there is what I would describe as an uneasy sense of calm when I go about my daily business and um, trying just to to gauge how people are thinking and feeling and, and, and what's going on below the uh, surface um, of, of appearances. It's really interesting because on the one hand, to most of the population who take no interest in um, more matters of you know finding out what's actually going in the world or they might not really be interested in self-reflection or self-awareness, it is as if nothing has happened. So it is as if this mantra of keep calm and carry on is is being followed through and no one really even cares anymore um, about my medical history. <laughs> Whereas before, um, quite a lot of people I met seemed to want to give me advice about what medical procedures I should take. So from my understanding, um, at least, uh, it is a hell of a lot easier and less stressful uh, being in kind of normie land, shall we say, um, because people's attention has turned to other things like the cost of living crisis. So um, it, it, is, it is fascinating the way in which uh, public perception um, is manipulated to a large degree um, by, um, by the mainstream media. So the other thing I just want to consider also is that it's interesting that a lot of the nightmare scenarios predicted for the future, those that were predicted by some of the more kind of uh, strident and outspoken truth gur gurus, that, that didn't, ha didn't happen. So, you know, none of us landed up in detention centres or uh, being uh, cremated in adjoining cre uh, crematoriums and no one held us down whilst attempting, well, at least in the UK, whilst attempting to plunge um, a needle in, in, in my arms. I think it's well worth remembering, especially if you like watching less grounded types of content, 
produced by truth gurus, as I call them, a lot of what they predict and continue to predict right now never comes true. They're worst case scenarios. Um, I will refrain from mentioning uh, any names. And don't get me wrong, I have nothing wrong with people being passionate. I was um, probably more passionate than I, I normally am quite vocal. Last time when I spoke about the World Economic Forum being nothing more than a paper tiger and a false kind of um, a false enemy. And at this point, I want to give a, uh, a mention and, and uh, a shout out and a thanks to my mate, um, Niall Murphy, otherwise known as uh, Mr. Uh, Opaque Lens. He has a fantastic YouTube channel called um, Through an Opaque Lens. So, yeah, go along and um, go and check that out. He has a really interesting observations about um, the craziness of the world right now. And he was kind enough to give me a shout out in one of his recent videos because he was talking about the World Economic Forum and how, how much it, it winds him up as well. The people um, who get lost in this idea of yeah, self-hexing themselves and limiting ideas all based around this idea of what I kind of describe as a sort of pantomime, the pantomime devils. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for that, Niall. So the other thing is... Um, it's also important to um, consider um, that I don't, I, I, the reason why, as I say, I was quite uh, kind of a bit shouty, a bit emotional in, in the last episode was I don't really want people to go through the kind of hell that I experienced of thinking that all is lost and those with their hands on the levers, so to speak, the ultimate evildoers have, have um, you know, have all the power and there's nothing that we can do. Um, there's nothing that we can do to stop it so that's why I think you know it is important sometimes um, to express things with a certain um, amount of emotion so to speak so just to bring today's conversation back to um, the so-called general public the normies and my idea of um, a weather vane and in terms of seeing what might be going on psychological processes because of course um, you know, we've been under for almost three years now a, a huge psychological um, attack. And, you know, I posed the question, does it matter that most of the normies still to this day remain completely unaware as to the significance of what we've all been through, many billions of people? And does it matter that many of them have complied with what some describe as uh, an evil agenda? Um, so I... I I personally think this does have huge implications um, on an energetic level. Uh, I think this leads to an increased um, stress, level of stress and anxiety, um, because at the end of the day, all of the unresolved traumas and our shadow side, um, our resentments, despairs and unfulfilled desires, our lack of uh, maybe lack the fact that we don't feel any true intimacy in our life, depression, confusion, this one, this desire to sh um, shut down, feeling lost, feeling that life is pointless. I think that all of these kind of emotions uh, are coming to the fore more and more now uh, in the wake of the dreaded COVID, COVID-19. And I think that's something that uh, many uh, of the normies in the general public are projecting onto government and authority figures 
um, because they don't really have like an internal uh, landscape to understand what's been done to them in the last two to three years because they've just followed along. And I'm not saying it's wrong that someone chose to have an injection and I'm not saying it's wrong that there are many millions of people in the UK cho choose to, chose to follow along with the guidelines and do things like wear masks and, and test all the time to do certain activities and to attend certain events. I'm not saying that that's um, right or wrong, but certainly there is an impact that that has an energetic impact that obviously is unbeknownst to most people, but you know, it is definitely going on um, below the below the the waterline, below the surface, so to speak. And I feel that life in the main is becoming um, a lot harder um, because this sort of head in the sand denial stance, living in denial of the truth of existence and what is happening on this planet and on a higher hyperdimensional planetary level as I've spoken about before, is no longer a sustainable choice or path or option. Probably in truth it never was, but now that's just becoming clearer and clearer to me personally every day. And I don't say this with any sense of glee or satisfaction or schadenfreude, um, because no one should really have to suffer unnecessarily. But unfortunately, I feel that we've reached a point in human history when the pursuit of comfort and ease has it's kind of weakened people um, here in the Western world. So we have a, a lot of what are described as first world problems. And I do feel, um, you know, I don't say this with any harshness, but I do feel a period of cold, hard reality, pardon the pun, in the current energy crisis um, is required. Because um, I recall a lot of instances in my own life uh, when I've had to suffer for the truth. And in the process, I have discovered and overcome a lot of um, self-delusion and self-denial. And it hasn't been easy, uh, but I think we're reaching that point now where um, we can't just carry on projecting our shadow, projecting our darkness. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be critical of government. Of course not. And I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, analyse what government are up to. Um, but we really do. We can't just use it. Um, can't really just use it as an excuse anymore. Furthermore, what I'm also seeing in response to this sort of pressure that I'm talking about being applied um, to the general public, um, and what happens commonly during periods of big changes within society, because we've effectively, we've been in a kind of war-like, I mean, it's been a psychological war that we've been living through, and for some people, uh, it was quite um, had quite a physical dimension as well, of course. So when people do feel under pressure and during times of big change, um, it's common human response to to double down, to reinvest in the non-reality, if you like, and to just uh, reinforce this sense of, or there's a reinforcement, I should say, this sense in which um, you've just got to go along to get along. We need to stick to you know the norms of consensus reality, and I think this is more common within people when they feel like there's no alternative credible reality or perspective. Um, that's when you'll find people um, they because they don't really know. Well, I'm in this kind of reality, and I believe what the media said, and you're telling me this is all this psychological manipulation and propaganda. But 
but I, I don't know what else to what other ideas to invest in. So even though they might have doubts and there might be confusions as to the craziness of what's going on, they will um, they will tend to sort of stick to what they know. And this is um, this kind of idea of reinforcement we've seen. I've spoken about. I don't want to repeat myself about during COVID. And we've seen it through things like the Stockholm syndrome and mass formation psychosis or the mass formation theory but um the idea of just conforming to authority conforming to the status quo and this idea that you'll be safe if you just do what the government and the authorities tell you to do is brilliantly um spoiler alert here if you haven't seen it but it's brilliantly demonstrated in the film when the wind blows by raymond briggs and it was a, a novel. Uh, it was a, a book as well. I think, believe the film was released about eighty five or eighty six. But it was the height of the whole uh, East versus West, the whole um, Cold War. And um, I don't want to go reveal too much about it in case you haven't seen it, or you might choose to fast forward this section. But it it's really great because it it shows this elderly couple in a kind of rural location in the United Kingdom, the rolling green hills i'm not quite sure where it's supposed to be it could be devon it looks like a kind of devon like um landscape but it shows this sort of build up to a nuclear exchange or a nuclear war and the ridiculous lengths um that this uh, old kindly couple go, go through um so they get a leaflet from the government that tells them to take some of the doors off the internal doors and then to erect them against a wall at a certain degree a certain angle I should say and at one point um, the chappy phones his son to make sure he's he's getting the uh, make sure he's using a compass to get the right angle and then things go on and then after a nuclear exchange and the and uh, the UK is hit you know they they still believe that you know they still believe in the authorities ability to save them and they are um, even though the milk bottles have melt, melted on, on the front doorstep and they still believe that the milkman's going to come and they can smell smell burning, but they have no conception of that as human skin, flesh burning. I think it ends with them literally uh, going to the, going beyond or going, um, moving on, shall we say, dying. <laughs> and they're in these potato bags and that's what the government has, has advised them to do is to... Um, is to put themselves into potato bags. So I don't think it was originally, it was originally written by Raymond Briggs, obviously, as a kind of, you know, a narrative in terms of the East versus West, the Cold War situation at the time. But there is a, there is a, a more sinister element, I think, to it beyond the storyline that the lengths that people will go, the ridiculous lengths that will, that people will go to stick to authority to follow authority um, because of the fear of they think what well, what's going to happen to me if we don't so yeah check it check it out if you haven't seen that film and also i think um in direct relationship to this it correlates to it's one of the reasons why the mainstream media turned their guns on so-called anti-vaxxers or far-right conspiracy theorists was mainly because they didn't want the general public seeking answers for themselves um by speaking out um, you know, alternative sources of by by seeking out, sorry, alternative sources of information online. So back to this idea of um, the 
post-COVID reality and just trying to dig below the surface. Um, if we look, if we think of um, the unreality and people's personal lives, I think that people's personal delusions are in intensifying. Um, but at the same time, the system is trying to steer the masses towards a kind of, so they don't focus on their personal issues as much. We're seeing the mass media here in the UK turn towards a replay of decades past and the current economic turmoil, which is just a rerun uh, of the 1970s and the 80s, the, the uh, government versus the unions kind of thing. And again, I'm not saying there are important issues, but uh, um, by the same token, it's trying to get the the general public's perception um, away from deeper, more important uh, aspects of what is going on. And so what we're hearing now is people are repeating a lot of old, well-worn political slogans and means. And there's, I believe there is a, a clear misdirection being attempted by, by the system, by the political establishment, in order to keep the people ignorant as to the true significance of what is happening at this time, as I just said. And this has always been the case, but now that's becoming... So I think it's becoming more and more clear and obvious um, for those to see. Um, also, um, I just want to mention again uh, what we've seen in terms of uh, just bringing it back to COVID and people's general trust in the in the government is almost like a childlike trust um, in in uh, authority, really, and and. It's really it's really difficult when you when you when you actually see that in front of your fa faces and you realise the, the lengths or the degree to which people will not they will not do the inner work. They will not um, turn towards self-reflection. So it is a bit like the case of the authorities treating people like children to really uh, to be honest. And then at the same time is um, with the. Uh, COVID scamdemic has essentially um, been dropped from the news agenda. Um, what we're seeing is a sort of intensification of existing gen uh, agendas that existed um, before. So things like uh, gender division, uh, gender bending, the whole woke agenda, race baiting, the climate change nonsense, um, the way in which uh, they use certain messages, for example, in the recent Football World Cup, one of the, the messages going round that I saw on one of the advertising hoarders was no to discrimination, which is ridiculous because how can you not discriminate? Because in the truest sense of the word, to discriminate just means to choose between two different things. But that's just an example of all the kind of ridiculous uh, ways in which they're trying to uh, control people's perceptions. So since uh, the COVID thing has been dropped, we're seeing a reintensification of all of these alternative agendas. They haven't, they haven't gone away. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They're being, um, they're, they're definitely being intensified. So I think this all points to desperation on, on the part of certain globalist groups. Uh, um, certain globalist groups and as has been said widely um, I believe that they overplayed their hand with COVID-19 they probably should have waited another another generation so up to another 15 years by which time the technology needed to, Im to implement the 
aristocratic prison state, if you want to call it that, would have been much more ingrained within society. And this means people would have been more accepting of using things like a medical app to go about their everyday lives. So, because as we know, uh, certainly on the micro and macro level, everything in life comes down to timing. And maybe the dark ones <laughs> are not quite as omnipotent uh, after all. And I think the Earth is in a new trajectory, a new direction, and maybe their reach and influence, as I said last time, is, is diminishing. So they're, they're acting really in more irrational ways, which was what I was talking about last time. So just to return to what the post-COVID reality might mean uh, out there in the public mind, if we look at the kind of uh, psychological aspect um life i mean generally life seems to go on the lie must be protected at all costs the lie that we need government and state uh, apparatus to keep us safe from external enemies that's still being pushed of course with the whole situation in ukraine and putin being pushed as the you know the latest poster um wannabe uh akin to adolf hitler so the general public and the masses must be kept in an infantilized childish emotional state which i just made slight reference to and kept ignorance of the true meaning of life so how is this continue how do uh, the media and government and the authorities how do they continue to do this well as we've seen recently in recent years with covid it's to give the masses what they think they want um, we've seen this in regard to things like furlough scheme and um, the uh, stimulus checks that, which were paid in the United States when people when a, a large waves of the economy was locked down and so people had no income so it was a bit like ingratiating a spoiled child uh, who can't be shown the consequences of their actions because furlough payments and stimulus checks it's the illusion of free money uh, which can no longer be maintained. So hence the current one of the current causes of inflation is just an increase in the money supply. So of course the value of currency goes down. But again, I believe it's becoming harder and harder for the system and the political establishment to maintain this balancing act, especially as the economic pain continues um, to to intensify on, on everyone really. Well, certainly on uh, on those on our modest uh, income, shall we say. So what about how uh, my current state of reality, shall we say, if I uh, raise the current psychological weather vane on myself and how I interact with the world? So I've stopped within sort of the last year or so, so I've stopped feeling that I need to battle uh, to go to war against the system and I've re-established a sense of calm and balance, which I lost probably for about the first year of the whole COVID nonsense, during which, perhaps like some of you guys, I felt a lot of anger and frustration dealing with all the ridiculous, archaic um, rules. But I think I am now better at regulating my energies and uh, behaviour. Um, I sense kind of like there's more of a, a detachment within myself and a surrender. And when I surrender, it creates, I think this creates a sense of inner power. Uh, and then it generates more of a dynamic energetic signature, which is a bit like uh, the idea of uh, how you increase your your charisma. And this sort of leads into the idea of <clears throat> having an approach to life, which is about being in the world, but not of the world. 
so uh, one's concerns uh, and, and point of focus are not the same as what most people are within the general public the norm is so that's again what I've spoken about in the previous episode where I spoke to this idea of living in uh, two worlds but I think uh, I've I've sensed uh, an idea of progression and an involvement in my understanding of self by trying to come to the conclusion that you know what that doesn't really matter I think you feel a little bit of emotional pain that you feel like the outsider there's a little bit of a psychic shock but at the end of the day you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter as long as you can relate to some people it might just be it just it might be online but when we when we kind of dissipate that annoyance and when we just try and make heart-to-heart connections uh, with people sincere heart-to-heart connections we realize that we are all in this together and you sort of overcome that annoyance of other people being fooled or hoodwinked hoodwinked you can just see them in terms of they're like yourselves Uh, they're like ourselves in that they're also human so we we share similar stories and we share similar traumas and, and similar pain and also this idea of and adopting uh, having an approach to life where you know you're not you're not being defiant you're not being angry you're just trying to uh, flow through life um, generating positive emotions I think it's important that we don't draw attention to ourselves unnecessarily so at the beginning of COVID I think I got one of these um, I think it was from uh, David Icke's son he was selling these t-shirts I think it was control 19 something like that so it's not about wearing at this stage um, political slogans on t-shirts uh, in that way I think we do draw attention to ourselves I mean I, th- I find it helpful to be friendly and outgoing but but um, you know the concerns of others they don't really sort of press down on me or, or necessarily drain, drain, drain my enemies sorry my energies I should say so it's not really about being cold and uh, detached, but I do find that people respond to this kind of like in, in quite a positive way, I feel. Because when you're angry and resentful towards the system, uh, I think people pick up on that. And again, just to speak to, again, the sort of sense of reality amongst the general public and what might be going on below the surface, I think going into 2023, they're, they're going to feel as if their cattles are their their uh, cages i should say are being rattled more and more so there's going to be a lot more aggression uh within society so we we don't want to rub up against that that's why i just shared what i was sharing about how we can perhaps work on our own being in a sense and we don't want to aggravate or agitate um the situation and so another way it's possible to consider what I'm describing is um, <clears throat> in terms of raising one's own energy levels and also in terms of um, raising our energetic signature at this time as we interact with people who are becoming more and more agitating, more and more angry, is to, um, if you think back to history, there's been lots of political resistance movements or people who've opposed the the regime, the current government or authorities. You could argue here in the UK, we've been living in an occupied territory for many, many hundreds of years, but that's a story 
um, for another day. So it's where you feel like the government are criminal imposters, which obviously was brought home to us quite clearly for the last almost three years during, uh, we just saw this, yeah, during COVID. But really what it's about, it's about knowing the enemy and their tactics, which we learned during COVID, but be smart, be clever, as in the world of, um, you know, sort of espionage and counterintelligence. And what is known as the operator method is to is to dress to mix in with the clouds. So jeans, dark colours, dark baseball cap, not, you know, lurid colours. And yeah, like I was saying before, no political slogans on T-shirts. So but it's not about being withdrawn or passive or weak. It's actually the opposite. It's again, it, I think this forms a sort of the aspect or part of how what one operates within society in terms of attempting to embody the energy of a spiritual um, spiritual war- warrior, so to speak. Um, and I think that's how I, that's how I'm going to try and um, sort of forge my path um, going forward now, um, rather than getting angry and resentful towards the general public as they seem to get more and more angry for reasons the reasons for which I've just kind of described um, for the reasons for which they're probably in the main going to be uh, uh, unaware of. So just uh, just rounding, um, just going to round up today's particular episode. Um, so I've been sharing the idea that um, I feel that something has has to give within the collective conscious conscience. And this is what I've been talking about in terms of this idea of um the public's reality post-COVID, and I see it as like um, uh, a blockage, um, or it could be water collecting behind a dam, because it feels like there will be an inevitable return to a state of balance as the dam breaks and the water uh, rushes through, because how we find ourselves with this level of delusion and this level of self-denial of self and the true self and our shadow I feel it's a completely unsustainable situation. As I was talking before about the head in the sand is no longer an option and we have to deal with a whole series of unresolved issues, both eternally and, sorry, both internally and externally. And we need to move beyond the uh, obvious cultural and societal, so uh, obvious cultural, sorry, and societal diversion. So it isn't just the likes of us, or I should say myself, can't speak for you guys, um, the, you know, the crink, the cranks on the fringes of society. Yeah. I mean, what we've seen during COVID is that conspiracy and truth are truth type uh, themes. They've, they've gone mainstream now. So really the genie is out of the bottle. So those that choose delusion, really, they can't say they weren't told of what's unfolding and, what, and what's to come. And the significance of that, that's the choice. That's a choice. If they are of sound mind, um, that is um, a choice that they've made. So I think what we will see see is we're going to see more and more anger, more and more conflict in this coming year of 2023. Uh, I think the lies, the deceptions and the criminality, they, they can no longer be hidden to the same degree uh, by the system. So I think we will see some kind of uh, some type of revelations as such as things begin to be revealed more and more and that will largely be because it's sort of like um within the criminal class 
the true criminal class, I should say, um, who think they're running things on the planet. It's it's going to become a survival of the fittest. It's going to become where they're going to be like rats turning on one another in a sack. And what you're going to see the fallout from that will be certain things revealed to the public. But only for those with eyes to see who can understand the processes that are, are unfolding. So that's something to watch out for in the coming year of 2023. So thank you all for listening today. Um, thank you all for tuning in. And thank you for all of your support um, throughout the year of 2022. I think we're certainly going to be in for an interesting year in 2023. So uh, I wish you uh, a happy Christmas and a uh, prosperous new year. And uh, yeah, I will speak to you all again very soon. Bye bye for now. Thank you.